Hello, friends. Welcome to the Awaken the Extraordinary podcast. My name is Christy, and I have a question for you. Do you ever look at your life and wonder, how in the world did I end up here? Like, you know all the twists and turns your life took to bring you to this current location, but you're not so stoked about where you've ended up. Maybe you're living a life that feels untrue to who you are, or maybe you're feeling just unfulfilled. Like, you know, you were put on earth to serve in a different way, but you can't get out of the groundhog day that your life has become. And I'm going to be real with you because when I say I understand, I totally do. Like, trust me, my life has unfolded in ways I never imagined. And some of them are wonderful and some not so much. Well, let me tell you something. When I started to become really curious and started asking myself why, when it came to pretty much everything, that's when some major shifts started happening. So if you're listening to this and nodding along, just keep those headphones in. Okay. Listen as you take the dog for a walk, as you fold laundry, or even just keep them in if you're hiding in the bathroom from your kids and or your partner, because I don't know anything about that. So the intro is over. Let's get going with the good stuff. Okay. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining another episode of Awaken the Extraordinary. I, as always, appreciate you so much and just love the sirens in the background. Just wonderful. Don't know if you can hear them. I was going to keep my door closed, but then it echoes in the bedroom, even though I have a ton of stuff in here. So you might get background noise. This will only continue for a few more months and then hopefully it should be pretty quiet when I'm recording. Um, so anyway, This week's episode is going to focus on the sidewalk chalk incident. And if you're wondering, like, when the hell is she talking about, like, the sidewalk chalk incident, Um, I'm going to tell you. So over the summer and in early fall, I hosted a couple of mini challenges called Kicking It With Kindness. And the whole premise behind that was, one, to put more love and light out into the world because we need it. And two, it was also an exercise as part of like what I've coined, like the emotional business course that I was taking, where you put an offer out there just to get comfortable with people paying you for something. And this was the second series that I had run. And every day you did a different kind act, or if there was something that you just really liked, or that was particularly easy, you could do that, you know multiple days. Um, but I tried to like change it up and do something different every day. So I had a doctor's appointment one morning and I decided that I was going to use sidewalk chalk and draw, you know, hearts and inspirational messages on the sidewalk. (laughs) I think about it and I'm just like, I'm 43 years old and I'm using side, my kid's sidewalk chalk because literally like I grabbed his sidewalk chalk as I was headed out the door to my doctor's office. And, um, I've done it around the neighborhood before and I really like it. Like I like going for a walk a week later and seeing my own inspirational message on the sidewalk. And then I also just get happy when I see 
you know, other messages, whether it's an inspirational message from someone or just like a kid, you know, leaving some sort of message or artwork on the sidewalk, like it just, it lifts my spirits. And so I was excited to be able to do that. So I went into the doctor's office. I had my appointment. I came out and then I grabbed my sidewalk chalk and I'm in the the parking lot of the doctor's office. And I was like, oh, like there was an empty spot next to me. And so I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'll draw a big heart in this parking spot. And then I decided, no, like I, I think this is probably private property. So I don't want to do that here, you know? So I headed to like an alleyway and drew like a path of hearts. And then as you came out of the alley, there was like, you could go in one direction or the other. So you could go the right or the left. So on the left, I did some sort of inspirational message and then going in the other direction, I wrote something else. And, you know, there were people that saw what I was doing and they're like, Oh, like, that's so beautiful. And like, that's so nice of you. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, whatever I can do to like kind of help spread joy and cheer like a care bear I want to do. And, you know, there were people around and I didn't think like anything of it. So I think like, like the dopamine was flowing or something because I was on like this emotional high. Like I was just feeling good. And I guess like I was doing something that was in alignment with like just who I am and what I felt like I was being called to do. But I was also like, I was feeling good about what I was doing because I had, you know, somebody tell me like, we love what you're doing. So like I said, I guess I was like on this high and suddenly what seemed like a bad idea, like five to 10 minutes earlier, didn't seem like a bad idea anymore. And so I'm referring to the heart, but I didn't want to draw a heart. Instead, one of the things that I feel very strongly about Um, And I mentioned this in last week's episode, one of my bite-sized editions is about seeking to understand versus judge. I feel like if we're curious and we really just want to know the why behind something without placing any sort of judgment there, that really opens our hearts and our minds to being receptive to other people's perspectives and experiences and, and their thoughts on things. And At the time, I think a couple of days prior, um, I think the mandatory vaccine mandate had just been announced by Biden and his administration. And so there was just a lot going on in our country. Um, You know, I think you had you had people that were supportive of that and you had people that were not supportive of that. And that was when they were announcing it for employers with a hundred or more employees. And so there was just, there was a lot just going on in regards to that. And I'm getting somewhere with this. So anyway, my whole stance on seek to understand and not judge like It has nothing to do with that. That's just been my kind of my own personal philosophy for maybe the past two years. And so instead of drawing the heart in the open parking spot, in one parking spot, I wrote, seek to understand. 
not judge. And I drew like hearts around it. And I didn't think anything of it. And I walk back to my car. And as I start to get into my car and I was feeling good, I was feeling great. Right. And, but I go back to my car and as I start to get into my car, walk towards my car, I see this car. Like it was like, they didn't give a shit, like who was next to them. They didn't give a shit how crooked they were. And I was just like, seriously, what the fuck? Like you have no courtesy for like the people that you're parking next to. Like, that's really rude because I had to like turn sideways so that I could get into my car. And I was like, what an ass, you know? So then as I like, just kind of look over my shoulder to the car, as I'm getting in my car, because I have to make sure that my car door doesn't hit this car. There's a man in the driver's seat And I think he thinks he's being discreet because he's not looking at me, but he's holding his phone up in an attempted nonchalant manner with the camera facing me. And I didn't think anything of it. And then like within like five seconds, I started to panic because I was like, why is he filming me? Because there was no question in my mind that he was filming me like none. And I was just like, dude, like, again, you couldn't suck more at being discreet, like, come on. And so then I started like getting really scared and I was like, why was he filming me? And I just acted like I was fine. I pulled out of the parking spot And then I drove down about seven parking spots and I stopped because he started backing out of the spot as well. But then I watched him in my rear view mirror and he just straightened out. So then I called my husband and I was like, there's this guy like filming me. There was this guy filming me in the parking lot of the doctor's office. And he's like, what? Like he started to get really pissed off. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know what happened. Like I, I was drawing something on, on the parking lot, like on the asphalt in shock. And I said, then I turn around and I get back to my car because when I left my car, there was an open space next to it. Cause that's where I was going to draw the heart. And I said, and I go back to my car and there's this car parked all wonky. And then as I'm getting into my car, I realize the guy is filming me. And my husband's like, Oh, he's like, I bet he thought you were filming like something really shady and political. He's like, because think of the timing. He's like, maybe he thought, you know, you're in a doctor's office, like a parking lot. And, you know, California had a mandate for all medical personnel to receive the vaccine by September 30th. Um, So he's like, maybe he thought you were doing something about the vaccine mandate or Biden's mandate that was just announced. And he's like, so he was probably filming you and like he drove by and saw you. So then he got, he's like pulled into the parking spot really quickly and then was filming you. And then was like, oh shit, like she's, she's actually in the car next to me. And I was like, yeah, okay, maybe. But then I started this spiral of oh my God, what's going to happen to me? Oh my God, did I break the law? Like, what is he going to do? Is he going to go in and show 
show like security, the video of me and are the police going to be called? Like I started going down this rabbit hole and my, I got out of my appointment, I think at like 10 AM and the rest of the day, I was a complete wreck. I came home and I was like talking to my husband and I was just freaking out. And he's like, why are you freaking out? Like he wasn't laughing at me, but he was just like, I don't, I don't understand like why you're spiraling like this. Like, and I was like, because like I have someone filming me, like, I don't know what they're going to do with whatever it is they, they got of me. Like he must've gotten me like crouched down writing, seek to understand, not judge with fucking hearts around it. He got me clear as day, like coming into my car. I'm like, I don't know what he's going to do with that footage. I don't know if he's going to go in and show security and if they're going to call the cops and if the cops are going to come and review the footage and then track down who I am and come here and like, talk to me. And, and I said, and I don't know, like maybe he'll post it online and be like, Hey, do you know this person? And my husband's like, look at what you wrote. He's like, look, you didn't write anything bad. He's like, yeah, you maybe shouldn't have done it in a doctor's office parking lot. And I told him, I said, I don't even know why I did that. Like, because 10 minutes prior, it was not a good idea. But 10 minutes later, oh, it was a great idea. And let's just not put a heart, but let's like put like this personal philosophy that I have, which could totally be like misinterpreted. And, you know, I, I see super innocent things get twisted all the time. And I'm just like, maybe like it got twisted, you know, because maybe he's just, I don't know, an angry person and he wants to make my life hell. And I mean, I was... <sighs> it was bad. Like it was really bad. So I tried to work like that. That was about an hour of me just like sitting there and spiraling and talking to my husband and my husband trying to just like, go look like in the grand scheme of things, like he's like, people can go in California. At least he's like, people can go into stores and shoplift and nobody does anything about it. He's like, do you really think that they're going to call the cops on someone writing on a woman writing a, like a positive, like statement in sidewalk chalk in an asphalt parking lot, you know, he's like, I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm like, but you don't know that it's not going to happen. And back in the day, like in late 2005, I used to web MD everything every ailment that I had, every pain that I had, it was when my anxiety was bad and I would Google everything, or I don't think, I don't know if Google existed, but I would WebMD stuff and everything was cancer. Everything always came back to some sort of cancer. And so I started Googling sidewalk chalk. And what I found is that it's actually a misdemeanor. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was just trying to do something nice and spread love and light out into the world. And, and I committed a crime. Like, I was just like, what? The only thing I've ever done is speed. And I've never even gotten a ticket for that, you know, and I'm not crazy speeding, but like, 
the speed limit will be like 65 and I'm doing like 75 or something, you know? And I'm like, what the hell? And so there was just like this, oh my God, like that was a crime. Like I, I just started freaking out and, you know, I was reading these stories of these people that did like sidewalk chalk art and like got arrested. And I was just like, I couldn't believe it. I just was like, I was literally trying to do something nice. And even if someone didn't call something, someone, even if someone didn't call somebody about the sidewalk chalk in the parking lot, I'm like, I don't know, like maybe someone, because it was nice. It was a nice sidewalk, I guess in this, you know, where I put the other like positive statements and I'm like, maybe someone's not going to like that. And they're going to call the cops and then they'll go talk to people and say, did you see anybody? Like, I just, I, I just started spiraling and my husband's like, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? And I told him, I said, I'm afraid the cops are going to come and they're going to arrest me and they're going to take me to jail and they're going to take me away from you. And they're going to take me away from my son. And I'm not made for jail. (laughs) Like I'm not, I'm a tough girl, but I don't know that I'm a jail tough kind of girl. And the thought of being taken away from the people that are the most important to me, especially like my son, like really scared me of being separated from my family because of something that I did that I didn't even know was like something I shouldn't be doing. Like I told my husband, I go, if this is a misdemeanor, why the fuck do they sell like sidewalk chalk in the stores? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. You know, he's like, I I don't know. Like maybe they, they just, it's not a big deal. Like he, he was like, I don't know. Like, I don't have a good answer for that. And, and then I felt like, holy shit, like here I am, like doing this, this kicking it with kindness challenge. And one of the things that I'm like telling people is get out there, get some sidewalk chalk in and, and, you know, wherever you think it's needed, draw something or write something inspirational where you think spirits need lifting, put something on the sidewalk. So here I am telling people to do something and not realizing like, Hey, this, you might be breaking the law. Let me help encourage and support you in doing that. And so that made me feel like shit. But ultimately what I was scared the most about was that guy going in and showing security the footage. So showing them like, I'm sure he like took a picture. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. But maybe he took a picture and he went into security and said, hey, like I just saw this woman. She did this. And then they were like, okay, you know what? Like, yeah, we're going to call the police and the police come down and they figure out who I am. And then they come and arrest me and take me away. And my husband was like, that's not going to happen. And I'm like, but how do you know? How do you know that that's not going to happen? You didn't think this was a misdemeanor. I just looked it up. It was a misdemeanor. 
you know? So if you were wrong about that, then you could be wrong about this happening. And he's just like, this is what I think happened. He's like, I think the guy pulled in, saw you crouch down with your sidewalk chalk, probably didn't know that you, it was just sidewalk chalk. He probably thought you were defacing the property in some way, which technically that, that is what sidewalk chalk is just FYI. Like that is what it is. You're defacing property. Um, and he's like, with everything that was politically going on and everything with the vaccine mandates, he probably thought you were writing some like anti-vaccine message or just something. Cause you happen to be in a doctor's office parking lot when you chose to do that. So he filmed you getting into your car and was probably like, holy shit. I didn't realize she was in the car next to me gets out, sees what she wrote. And is like, Oh, okay. And he's like, he's probably not even thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, but you don't know that you don't know that. And he's like, no, I don't know that. He's like, no, I don't know that. I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. And he's like, Chris, even if he were to go in and show like security, the footage, don't you think security would just be like, it's an asphalt parking lot. Like it'll probably be gone like in a day if that, or if it's really upsetting, let's just go get like a hose and hose it off because it wasn't like the, the nice smooth asphalt. It's like the Rocky stuff. And he's like, you're, you're blowing this like out of proportion. And I'm like, it doesn't feel like I'm blowing this out of proportion. I'm like, I'm, I'm really scared. Like, I feel like I was just trying to do something good. And I ended up doing something that apparently is against the law. And I don't like that feeling. Like, I don't like that feeling that I did something wrong when all I was really trying to do was something good. And what if I get taken away from you guys? And so he was like, this was literally the whole day, the whole day. And I mean, we sat there and had the same conversation over and over. And he was very like logical and rational. And what was so hard for me was I could see the logic and the rational thought in what he was doing and like what his thought process was. But there was something in me that was just like, my mind can't accept that. All my mind sees is everything that's awful and bad and everything that could potentially go awry with this scenario. And, you know, he told me, he's like, Chris, they're not going to have you in a lineup with like all these like hoodlums, right. With their like tagging and, and their, like their spray cans and they're, he's like, so what you're going to be in this lineup. Right. And you're going to have all these like taggers. He's like, and then you're standing there with your sidewalk chalk. He's like, yeah, you have your tattoos. So that might be the only thing that's actually similar. He's like your, your tattoos of butterflies and wildflowers is like this. And, and I mean that, like, that was funny, but I was like, I can't even laugh at that. Like, and I understood he was just trying to diffuse the situation, but I was just like, I see the humor, 
but I can't laugh. Like I understood the ridiculousness of that image, but I was just like, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like maybe they would. And like, and then like, there's all these hoodlums that it's like, no, it's, it's this 43 year old woman with the sidewalk chalk. Like she's the one that did it. And it's just, it's so crazy for me to be recalling this because there's kind of two, two aspects of this for me. There's the one, like, it's, it's like, I don't know if, if you're around my age, so I'm 44, there were those old George Burns movies. Then there was the one that was like, Oh God, you devil. So it's like George Burns played the God played God and George Burns played the devil. And so that's kind of how I felt like I had even now, like I have two like conflicting perspectives. So it's like, I have this one perspective that's like, yes, if I were to make that same decision again, I can see myself going down that anxiety rabbit hole. But then there's the other side that's like, no, I, I, I get how kind of crazy this sounds for lack of a better term, not calling myself crazy, not calling anyone that has challenges, not calling anybody that has challenges managing their anxiety crazy because I am that person at times, but it's like, okay, like slow down, like let's take a breath or maybe 10 and like chill out a little bit. So it's, it's just really interesting for me to go, okay, well, I can see like option A happening if I were to do that. And I can see option B, like I can see both things playing out. But that day I was just so scared that I was going to be taken away from my family. And I told my husband, I said, when is this going to stop? Because I spent the whole day afraid that the cops were going to show up at my door. I like every time my dog started barking, which is a lot because we live on a very heavily trafficked pedestrian street. Every time they barked, I would run out to see what they were barking at because I thought it was going to be the cops. And I tried to work, but it was like, if I spent five minutes focusing on something else, it was like my, my anxiety was like knocking in my brain going, Hey, Hey, nothing's changed about this situation. Nothing's been resolved. Like the cops could still show up. Why aren't you worried about this? Why aren't you paying attention? Why are you working? You should be worrying about this. You shouldn't be working. You should be paying attention to this and your fear. Think of all the things that could happen. Think of all the bad things that could happen. Why aren't you paying attention to that? And so it was just like so emotionally exhausting. And when I went to pick up my son that night, I was trying really hard to just focus and be present with him. And it was really difficult. I had actually called my therapist to see if I could get an appointment with her. Um, because I was like, I, I'm going to fucking go crazy. You know, I was just like, I, I don't know when this is going to stop. Like if something doesn't happen today, 
well, maybe it's just going to take a long time for them to track me down. So at what point am I going to stop looking in the rear view mirror? And then I told my husband, I'm like, how do people like do really bad things? Like, I'm like, how do people like murder people or hit somebody on the road, like a hit and run and just go about their daily lives? I'm like, I could not do that. Like my conscience Oh my God. Like, I mean, like, I know, I don't want to ever do any of that anyway, but I was like, seriously, like how do people like live with themselves when they do like awful, like awful, awful shit, because I just did sidewalk chalk and I'm super freaked out about that, you know? And he's like, I don't, I don't know, you know, but I think like, I've just, I mean, they're sociopaths, right? I mean, their, their mindset is just a completely different beast, but I was just like, I mean, these normal people, these average people that like hit a person and then they just take off. I'm just like, how do they even function in their daily lives? Like I, I, I just can't understand that. And so I couldn't get into my therapist And I was just like, I, I literally don't know what to do. And like, at what point is this going to stop? Like, am I just going to receive something in the mail? That's going to call me to court. And my husband's like, I I don't know. I don't think so. And I'm like, well, why do you think I'd get something in the mail? Like, you know, it was like, he couldn't say the right thing to me. And it was just like, my mind wanted to focus on everything that was bad and scary. And so The next day, like that night, I didn't sleep very well. Um, I couldn't fall asleep easily. Once I actually fell asleep, I was done because I was just so exhausted. And so the next morning I woke up and I was like, okay, I'm still here. I'm still here. And I looked at my son and I'm just like, I just love him so much. I love like seeing his face so much. I'm like, I just... I don't want that to ever be taken away from me. And I felt better. Um, And the interesting thing was nothing had really changed except time had passed. So, you know, I, I had the first day pass and the cops didn't show up to arrest me for writing something in sidewalk chalk on a parking lot you know? Um, so I had that, like, I think that that is something, but I think that, and I've talked about this before in some of my reels, like that emotional wave had crested. And although I was still concerned, it was definitely not even close to the level that it had been the day prior. And I was like, literally nothing has changed. It's just the emo, like the emotional quotient of that whole situation had been dialed down significantly. And it's because like the, again, like the best way I can explain it is like an emotional wave, you know, like you, you see the wave approaching or you feel the wave approaching and you ride it and then the wave crests. And then once it crests, like you're hopefully 
riding the wave into shore. Um, to me, like also another good analogy is it's like a, a roller coaster, you know, it's like, and I think when I just like lost my shit, that was when I was at the top of the drop. And then overnight it was like, I was dropping, I was dropping, I was dropping. And then it was done. So one of the things that I was um, thinking about, like that whole day when I was just a mess was sitting with the emotion. So, you know, I, I talk a lot about feeling your feelings and not trying to avoid anything. And most of the time (laughs) that works. Um, but in instances such as this, where there is such like a high emotional charge, I guess, sitting with your emotions isn't always the best thing to do. And I was able to talk with my therapist the following day and I was just like, okay, well, yeah, I'm a lot better now, but I explained the situation and she's, she was just like, you were so scared. And I'm like, yeah, like I was so scared that I was going to be taken away from the people that I love and care about the most. And I said, and then like realizing that I had done something wrong when I was just so well-intentioned, like that sucked too. And that I could get in trouble for doing something that like, I only had the best of intentions with. And so we, we talked about that just with me, um, in terms of just my childhood and how often I would get in trouble for not even really doing anything wrong, just not doing things my mother wanted me to do and how those feelings of just being in trouble and how all of that felt like it all came coming back to me. And so we talked about feeling your feelings. And I said, I was really confused about what the right thing to do was. I said, because, you know, you always tell me that I shouldn't try to run away from my feelings, that I should acknowledge what it is I'm feeling, like be kind to myself. But that didn't feel good yesterday. That just, that felt awful. And I feel like that really sent me on this, this spiral. And I told her how, like the few times that I would actually try to focus on work, how my anxiety was just there, like knocking, like, hello, hello, you need to be paying attention. Nothing has changed about the situation. You need to be paying attention. Why aren't you scared? Why aren't you freaked out? Like, why aren't you crying? And, you know, she's like, sometimes like it's your, your body or your brain. It's like that whole like fight or flight. And 
being on the lookout for things that are threats. And this was a very real threat to you. Like this is your, your personal safety. It's, you know, the safety of being around your family. It's all of that. And you were very afraid of that being taken away from you. And your fear just wanted you to be as prepared as you could, but there's really no way that you could do more than what you were doing. Like at one point, my husband was like, well, do you want to call them or go back and say, yes, I wrote on the parking lot in the sidewalk chalk and I would like to clean it up. And I was just like, I can't even believe I'm having this conversation. Like, it sounds like I'm like this graffiti artist, like this tagger. And this is not me. Like I was a 43 year old woman with sidewalk chalk, like writing a positive message. And, and, um, and I was like, no, I'm not going to go out there because then that is playing into my fear way more than I'm already playing into it. You know, um, it's kind of like when, like, let's say your boss, like, is like, yeah, like I need to have a conversation with you. And so your mind starts going through like all of the things that you think you've done wrong. And then you just kind of spit everything out and they're like, oh no, I wasn't going to talk to you about that. I was going to tell you, like, we think you're doing a great job and we're going to give you a raise. (laughs) You know, it's like one of those things where it's like, you're, you're letting your anxiety win. And I was like, okay, like I know, I know my anxiety is way in the lead right now, but if I do that, like that's just letting it win. And I'm not going to do that. I'll just sit here and suffer the whole day, but I'm not going to go do that. So when I was talking to my therapist the next day, you know, she was like, yeah, like your, your anxiety, your fear, like it just wants you to pay attention. It wants to, it wants you to be prepared, but really like how prepared can you actually be for what could potentially happen. And she said, you know, time is really key in, in all of this. It's, you know, your, your emotions have to subside. And that's kind of when I came up with like the visualization of a wave and like the wave cresting, um, you know, or it's like the climax of like a movie or a story. It's like, there's that climactic point. And then after that, you know, things kind of settle down and that's how your emotions can get. And I told her, I said, sitting there and like, I was acknowledging everything that I was feeling and it was like, okay, well, it's understandable that you feel this way. It's under, I said, but all that was doing was, was sending me down this spiral. And, you know, and then I have my anxiety, like, hello, hello. And she said, And then that's when you actually do have to distract yourself because you have to think like, is this, is this really doing more harm than good? You know, like how, how does this feel like, you know, there's sadness and sadness doesn't feel good, but like, this is a different feeling. Like, how did that feel? Like you were a mess all day and it wasn't like, again, just sadness. It was fear. and she said, so when you have situations like that occur, when your emotions are just at this elevated point, you need, you need to do something to balance that out. She's like, so 
when your emotions are just like off the charts, sitting there and going, okay, um, yeah, like, let me just sit with my feelings that that's, that may work, but don't expect it to. So what she shared with me is when you're in this highly emotional state, you need to do something, like I said, to, to kind of counteract it, to like balance it out. So she said, like, have your husband sit there with you and start counting back, like started at like a thousand and start counting back by threes. So like a thousand, 997, 994, 991. I think that's right. Right. As she said, or do some sort of really strenuous physical activity, like go running or do burpees. And, you know, she's like, because that basically dials down that off the chart emotion that you're feeling. And it doesn't mean that like, after you do that, you're going to like be fine, but it's like your, your mind needs to get to a point. I don't, the term homeostasis is coming to mind and I don't think that that's right. Um, but it needs to get to a more neutral place. And when you're just operating at that really high, that high level of emotionality, if that's a word, like your brain doesn't have a chance to like breathe. That's, that's what I call it. Your brain just doesn't have a chance to take a break because you're just like, what the fuck, you know, like I'm just, I'm spiraling and I'm freaking out and your brain needs a break to, I think, kind of turn the logic back on and to get to a point where it's just not as emotionally charged. Hopefully what I'm saying is making sense. It's making sense to me, (laughs) but when she explained it, that is just kind of how I like internalized it for myself. It's just like your, your brain is just like, everywhere and it's overwhelmed with emotion. But when you're doing these types of exercises, whether it's like something where you're really having to think about it or something where you're, um, exerting a lot of physical energy, you know, because emotion is energy in motion. Like you were getting that energy out your brain gets a break. And when your brain gets a break, like I said, I feel like you're able to like breathe. And even if it's a minor shift, you'll have a minor shift in perspective, which I think ultimately will be beneficial to you and the current situation that you're in. So after a couple of days, I was fine. Like I said, you know, that happened one day. I was a complete wreck for that entire day. And then I went to sleep and woke up the next day and I just felt different. And it was because, like I said, like that emotional wave had crested and I was still concerned, but the volume like was turned down significantly. And then with each day that passed, And each day where the cops didn't show up at my door, I didn't get a notice in the mail. 
there wasn't this viral video going around uh, with this woman writing what she thought was an inspirational message in sidewalk chalk in a doctor's office parking lot, which I'm still like, I, I was just on a high and I just thought that was a good thing to do at that particular moment in time. So again, when you're, when you're emotionally charged, maybe don't do stuff, you know, do certain things, but with each day that passed without incident, things got better, but I really needed that mental space, which overnight, like, and I know that there's like neuroscience to this and I'm not, I'm not a neuroscientist and I don't know the technical terms, but it's like your brain has a chance to kind of like regulate itself and like get off of that emotional high. So that's what that overnight did to me. Um, it took away like that emotional charge, that, that level of emotional charge that I was able to wake up the next day and go, okay, yeah, nothing about the situation has really changed except more time has passed. I'm still here, but with each day I had more clarity in regards to like what the situation actually was and how likely or unlikely it was that anything was actually going to happen from it. So. I wanted to share this with you um, to just show you like something that I experienced where I, my anxiety and it's, and what is crazy to me too, or what is interesting to me is how much of my, like how, how much progress I had made on my healing journey. And then to have something like this happen where my, my anxiety like spiked up really high. And I was like, how is this even happening? I've done so much work. How is this happening to me? And so it felt like at that moment, all of the progress that I had made in terms of better managing, like my anxiety, like all of it had just been shot to hell. And I realized that there's always going to be these opportunities to learn from. And after about a week, I was actually really thankful for the experience. Like once I knew that I was okay and I wasn't going anywhere, um, I was really grateful for this opportunity because it highlighted for me, like this, this fear I have of being separated from my family and of doing something wrong and getting in trouble and what that means for me and what stories I tell myself about who that person is, like when she's getting in trouble or when she's done something bad or wrong. And it also showed me that like, just because I have a particular situation and my, my anxiety is kind of like off the charts. It doesn't negate like all of the progress that I've made before. And I don't know that I would have that perspective on just, I guess, like my journey and my progress if this particular experience hadn't happened, because like 
once again, that, that wave crested and I rode it somewhat shakily into shore, um, everything else was still the same. It was just this particular incident. I also learned that I will never again do that with sidewalk chalk because even if I'm well-intentioned, what I went through is not worth it. Like it's just not even worth it. And I never want to put myself in a situation where there's even the slightest possibility that one, I'm unknowingly breaking some law and two, where even though I'm well-intentioned, like I could be misunderstood in that type of way. Um, you know, I think like, even with this podcast, like my, my intentions are always good, but someone may not understand me and that's okay. So I wanted to share this because I wanted to show you, like, I have made a lot of progress, but I still have my moments where my anxiety does get a really firm grip on me. And, um, it was like a, it wasn't like a panic attack for the entire day. Like I've had panic attacks before. This was like a panic attack for the entire day for like hours. And it was exhausting. Unfortunately, I haven't had anything quite like that happen, um, since then, but I have had little moments where my anxiety does crop up but I'm, I'm able to navigate those situations better for the most part. I'm, I'm a work in progress. Um, and I wanted to share that with you. If you've been in a situation where you feel like your, your anxiety or whatever strong emotion you're feeling, um, is just like off the charts. Um, you know, like in the narcissistic X episode, you know, I, I talked about finding those text messages on his phone and I went into this rage and I threw shit at him when he was in the shower. Like that's another point where, okay, that wasn't anxiety, but that was like anger. And what that anger was really stemming from was feeling hurt. And then I mean, what's, what's the deeper emotions there? Like that, that I'm not feeling like I'm good enough because why, why would somebody cheat on me if I was like everything that I should be to them, which I mean, I know has nothing really to do with me, but that's another example of a situation where if I were to go through it again, I would just leave. Because like I was in that heightened emotional state and oftentimes not a lot of positive stuff happens when we act in that type of state. So we need time to kind of chill out. And for me, again, it's just kind of the, the imagery of like giving our mind a chance to relax and breathe and just take some space to process and time to process And then we can do what we feel is right or is just in alignment with like who we are and what our value system is. And in this state, I just, I kept spiraling and spiraling and spiraling and 
there was just no end in sight for me. But what I've learned now is again, when we're in that heightened emotional state, we need to do something to match that high charge. So it's like I said, like counting backwards, doing something like doing, I don't know, Sudoku or I would say Wordle, but I mean, that only lasts for so long, but doing some sort of activity where your brain has to actually work, or you were doing something to physically move that energy through you and out so that you are in a different kind of emotional state. And hopefully this doesn't happen to you often. Um, but I hope that if it has happened to you, like you feel less alone. I hope you feel like you have a better understanding, although it's not like at all technical how I explained it. Um, I hope you have a better understanding kind of, of like how all of this works. Um, and I hope it's just encouraged you to give yourself the, the grace that you need when you're in these really highly emotionally charged situations. And even if you're in a situation with someone and let's say you're in an argument and you're just like super charged up, I think it's always better to like, just try to end that conversation and, and come back to a point where you're in a different mindset and hopefully that other person is too, so that you can have a more thoughtful conversation. And again, act in alignment with like who you are versus who you are in that moment when you're probably very emotionally charged and angry and hurt and upset and whatever else you may be like scared. Um, and that's why I'm kind of like, not of the don't never go to bed angry. Like it doesn't feel good to go to bed angry, but sometimes like we need to give ourselves that space to just process things. And if that doesn't work for you, that's fine. That's just my own personal opinion. But again, I hope this episode is helpful. I hope that again, you, you take something away from it that you learn how to, to get that energy out. If these types of emotionally charged situations arise so that you can deal with things in a more calm manner because it's hard. Like it's really hard to, to have the perspective that we need to move through a situation when we're in the thick of it sometimes. So if this resonated with you, I would love to know, um, if you think this just sounds totally bizarre, I would love to know that too. But if this does resonate with you, I'm glad, um, because I think a lot of us have these, these moments and we feel like we're alone and I just want you to know you're not. So as always, friends, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you being here so very much. And I encourage you to stay kind, stay compassionate, and stay curious with yourself and with others. Thanks again, and I'll talk with you soon.